everyone, and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games that you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kennecke. Today's show is on Pokemon Black and White, and my guest, returning for a number of times, I can't remember how many times you've been on the podcast, it's Tyler Fromm. Hello, everybody. How are you it's doing, Ty? here on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Having a mermaid pilsner bottled in Coney Island. <laughs> You're uh, you're battling Magic Air here to be my new East Coast correspondent. <laughs> Back to you. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Ty? It's it's been a it's been a little while since you've been on the podcast. Do, do you remember the last thing you came on for? I think the last thing I came for on for was actually another Pokemon game. Yeah, was it Omega so Ruby and Sa- Alpha Sapphire? Yeah, I guess I'm also your East Coast Pokemon guy. Well, you're my anywhere Pokemon guy for sure. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I've had you on for a few different Pokemon Pokemon games, uh, yeah. but uh, like I've uh, this is something I try to do with the show. Uh, I know that I'm a huge Pokemon fan, and I think if you listen to the show, uh, you you get that about me. Uh, but I also try not overloading people with Pokemon games, and there are a lot of Pokemon games. Uh, there are lots. So what I what I generally would like to do is is keep these mainline Pokemon games to like every ten episodes of the podcast, and I haven't done an amazing job at that. Um, this is episode fifty five, if I'm not mistaken, and this is Gen five. So that's that's five. Um, but I know that. But you and I talked about uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, and I know that I've done another show on Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, so I, I know I've fudged that a little bit, but you know, every once in a while, it's like, man, it's been a while since I've done a Pokemon game on the podcast, and and it, it averages out to be about every ten episodes. Yeah. So, Pokemon never hurts anybody, so uh, overdose, underdose. Generally, no. <laughs> um, I might have opinions of this particular generation of Pokemon games, but um, we'll we'll get into that um, first. Though, uh, let's talk about. Uh, some stuff that we're playing uh, right now. So, Ty, other than Pokemon Black and White, uh, tell me something that you've been playing. Uh, oh, man. Uh, not a lot, but there's a lot I want to play. Um, I mean, I've been playing a lot of fighting games because at my job on Fridays we have just Smash Brothers and Mortal Kombat and things laid out. Yeah. Which is, which is amazing. Who, who, who um, are you playing in that? I, I always remember when we when we played uh, games together, you used to be, or I'm sure you still are, but I, I remember you being a pretty solid uh, uh, pretty solid Smash Brothers player. So who's uh, who are you still rocking these days? Oh, man. So in Brawl, I like Wolf a lot. Uh, Sheik is pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. And Meta Knight, I mean... You know, you know the fury of Meta Knight. I, of course, I do. Uh, so you guys are playing Brawl, not the not the new Smash. No, somebody had a, a, a Wii. I okay. guess it is um, uh-huh. at their place, and they weren't really using it, so they just brought it in. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Take yeah. it, you can get it. So, are, are you uh, are you kicking ass there, or or is it pretty even? I'm doing pretty good. There's somebody that's really good with ice climbers. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I know in I know in melee they had some infinite combos, but I don't know how that transferred over to brawl. Oh yeah. Um, there's also people good with pit and link and things like that. Sure. And then uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, which which version of that are you guys playing? I guess it's XL, which is oh, there's the very newest one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I, I haven't played any of Mortal Kombat. Uh, I think the last one I played was. 
Oh, God. I, I think I played, like, a touch of nine at a friend's place, and, and it seemed fine. It seemed great. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, they're fun. They're I, still ridiculous and just, you know, absolutely offensive to the eyes, but, <laughs> I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. For sure. That's kind of what you expect out of that. Uh, I, I mean, I've always been more of a Street Fighter guy. Um, yeah. It's, uh, the, two, the 2D Capcom fighting games are, have always been more my style. Uh, I'm not really a Tekken dude. Uh, I, I play some Dead or Alive be- because I swear the I like the mechanics uh, of it and not just sir. for the jiggly boobs. Um, <laughs> I, I, but uh, yeah, like I've always more been a Street Fighter guy. I mean, I'm not really a fighting game guy in general, sir. though. Um, but when I when I do have my choice, I usually pick the Capcom ones. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three is is probably the game that I got best at. But that was also that was also the time when I was playing back in the the old college days when I was had the uh, the World Eight podcast with those guys, and whenever we recorded after after we were done, we would always play either Smash Brothers Brawl, uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three, or uh, we we threw in some Street Fighter Four every once in a while. Yeah, um, but those would be those are kind of the games that I got the best at uh, of just playing it with those guys on a consistent basis and. Yeah. Doing doing a show like this one where you jump from game to game and rarely do you ever like look back to, to see what you've done. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to go back and play a game really consistently, and that and that always worries me that I that I don't feel like I'm digging into into games deep enough. Yeah, I've got the breadth down, but the depth is is hard. Uh, I find I find it's a lot easier to buy games than it is to play them. <laughs> Especially when you're playing with a group that you can feel as everyone's getting better over time. Absolutely. And like learning things and seeing what works and what doesn't. It's it's cool. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. So I've uh, I I'll talk a little bit about some of the games that I've been playing. I've actually for the first time really this year I've I've slowed down on playing handheld games. Um, until yeah. until now it has been pretty much all handhelds all the time. Yeah. Uh, when you've got great games like Fire Emblem. And then, kind of good games like Bravely Second, uh, and and even something like Mario and Luigi. Like there, there's been a lot to keep to keep me going. Uh, but there are just so many good games out for consoles right now, and that came out in the last month or so that I'm just so excited about, and and ended up going on kind of a buying spree. And uh, and this weekend, this is this is being recorded not to date the show. This is being recorded though on uh, on the July Fourth weekend, and we have a three day weekend here, so I've really had a lot of time to sit down and play some stuff. So I uh, I bought and played through uh, Inside. That is a uh, that's the game by Playdead, the uh, the Limbo people. Oh, okay. And uh, that game is awesome, and it's a game where you where I shouldn't say much. Uh, you. It's. Uh, I'm not a big fan of spoiler culture shit, but uh, this is one where I, I just would encourage people to go seek that out if you if you enjoyed Limbo, which you probably did because a, a lot of people enjoyed Limbo. Yeah, I love Limbo. This is this is way better than Limbo and has some really oh. cool stuff in it. So yes, definitely check out that. Right now it's on Xbox One. I think it's coming to PC in a week or so. July 7th. Yeah. Uh, but it, it came out early for Xbox One. And uh, I played through it. It's it's only like a five, five-ish hour game. 
um, depending on how good you are at some of the puzzles. And I would say I was kind of average at some of the puzzles. So uh, a fi- about a five-hour game. Uh, totally enjoyed it. It would if I if I made a complete game of the year list instead of just doing a handheld game of the year list. I know this would be on it somewhere. Wow. Um, Definitely also, like the aesthetic. Yes, uh, it's it's very cool. So uh, I mean, Limbo. People probably remember Limbo because it had such a an amazing aesthetic of the the stark silhouette black and white contrast stuff but uh this one is no slouch either uh, it kind of takes it more into a two, 2.5d kind of territory uh, there's there's a lot of good stuff in that game um, really 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 good um, so that was most of my saturday yeah that was most of my saturday it reminds uh, me of odd world in a little in a, uh yeah i could see that i, I could definitely see that just some of the like side scrolling what looks like mm-hmm. platformer stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen a little bit of the old Oddworld games being played. I've never played them myself. Uh, I, I've only played through um, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath, and I played a, a very tiny bit of Munch's Odyssey, neither of which were... Neither of which feel like true Oddworld games, because they're they're so different from right, that, right. that original heritage. Um, Abe. Yes, Abe, um, basically. So, so yeah, inside, fantastic. Uh, I also broke down and bought Doom. <laughs> which is, <laughs> Looks which, like fun. Which is a, a stark contrast to, to something like Inside. Uh, Doom, Doom has no subtlety, and it is amazing. Uh, what, I, what I love about Doom, though, is how self-aware it is. It's, it's not... It's kind of a parody of these games, while also being a really good example of one of these games. It's uh, it's not just breaking the fourth wall and going ha ha look at that it's a it's a Doom reference or it's a first person shooter reference but it it just does things where you can tell they're in on the joke but they're still telling the joke really well uh, it's it's fantastic uh, I'm I'm only a few stages in I've I've gotten a few of the different guns I've never been a real Doom fan uh, and that's probably because I was never a PC gamer growing up. Yeah. Uh, the way I got introduced to Doom was on the Sega 32X, which um, is not the way to play Doom. <laughs> that's, that's no one should play Doom on the 32X. I mean, it's it's fine, but it's also not fine. A little dumbed down. Uh, I mean, just because you're on that controller, you're on a Genesis controller, and that's it, it's not a it's not it's not a keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, New Doom is is also fantastic. Um, I haven't put a ton of time into that because I've also been playing Overwatch. Uh, oh yes, that's on my list to play. Man, I've had so many people tell me that Overwatch is good, and I I finally was like, all right, you know, I I know that it's going to be good. It's it's one of those games where you see it and you go, yeah, I know I'd have fun with that. It's, yep. And for me, it was almost like a Minecraft thing where it was. Yeah, I bet I'd love that game, and I also bet I'd put way too many hours into it to the point where I was scared to play it. Right, right. Because yeah, I've I've been I play Diablo three still a little bit on and off, so I've been seeing like trailers and banners and things for it. And mm. from the very beginning, I'm like, that looks awesome. I'm not sure if I want to even touch that. Right. It does. It does kind of suck 
suck the days out of you. It's uh, yes, it's, yeah, sure. it is quite addicting. They Blizzard has put some amazing hooks in that game, um, and it's it's a game I good can see myself playing. Too, like, do what? Uh, good characters too. Oh, like they each the have like what seems like a fairly decent, funny backstory. Yeah, I and I, I haven't even played. I haven't even played all the heroes yet. There, there's 21 different characters. Um, for for those who don't know, which I'm sure is a small few, uh, <laughs> Overwatch is a is a team based, class based shooter. Um, kind of, uh, I'd say more akin to uh, Team Fortress 2 than to to anything else. Um, yeah. But but also kind of way better than Team Fortress 2 in my opinion. I, I I'm not a big Team Fortress 2 fan, so that's it was a low bar to clear. But um, I'm I'm having a lot of fun in this game. I, I'm not a really good shooter guy. Like I am playing Doom, and I'm not good not good at it at all. But I'm enjoying it. Um, but even like there was again, there was one time in college where I was pretty good at Call of Duty Four, and I was pretty good at Halo Two and Halo Three. Uh, yeah. But I those those skills have long passed me by. Uh, shooter games in general are not something I I usually play, so it's weird that I'm playing two of them at the same time. But Overwatch is a game where I can really play uh, play more to a, a style that feels good to me um, because be, being the person who's not going to be the sniper, I'm not going to play as as Widowmaker in that game because I'm not I'm not good at sniping. Uh, especially on a PS4 DualShock controller. You remember in, in uh, Gears of War as a sniper? Uh, yeah, uh, dear, yeah, that's that's true. Gears of War, uh, I do remember we've we've had many good times in Gears of War 2 Horde mode. Uh, yes, I was better as a sniper in there. That game was a lot chunkier and a lot slower, and, and I feel like the I was I could do okay. And again, that was all against AI. I, I think yeah, when, it, right. when it comes to when it comes to human players who would be rolling around all the time, I would not. I would not excel at sniping in those situations. So you're not playing Overwatch on the PC, right? No, no, no. I'm playing on PS4. Uh, which... Do you think that uh, that changes your enjoyment of it? Like, do you think you'd have more fun or be more uh, competitive if you were playing on the PC? More competitive, maybe. More fun, yeah. probably not. I, I mean, I'm not. I've never been a PC guy. I still don't have a PC. I, I've got a, a MacBook Pro that we're recording this show on, and that is is technically my gaming laptop. I guess uh, I've played like all of four or five games on my on my Mac. It's not it's not the place I like to play games. Uh, I like right. playing. I've always been a console guy. I've always been a handheld guy. So that's where I play my games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm finding I'm finding classes and, and heroes in Overwatch that I feel really good about playing, and I feel like I can contribute. I can contribute to a team, even though I'm not the one getting a ton of kills. Uh, so so I can play as as a healer class. Uh, there's a, a guy named Lucio that is on roller skates, and he can he kind of has an area of effect heal that he just constantly does that you can switch from healing to a speed boost uh, depending on the situation. And I, it feels like any time I play as Lucio, my team wins. Uh, not necessarily because I am a god at Lucio or anything, sure. but uh, yeah. I feel like I'm definitely contributing more to the team when I'm playing as him. I can, I have things to do that isn't just looking for the first person to kill and, and pulling the trigger. I think that's important to have in a shooting 
game. I mean, I feel like Call of Duty and things have tried that. Didn't they have, like, little specs and perks you can buy? But I feel like having really defined classes helps just, like, spice the game up and have less everybody kind of find yeah, their niche. Yeah, I mean, Call of Duty is such a lone wolf shooter game. Like, everyone just goes off by themselves. There's very little teamwork. Yeah. Right, um, right. And in, until you get into the super competitive scene... Uh, it's just a bunch of people running around and shooting, shooting each other. Um, I've heard that Battlefield is a little bit more team-based. Uh, I've just never really yeah. played a Battlefield game, and but but this even even public matches uh, where I'm just going on and playing with a bunch of random people, mm-hmm. they're because the classes are so well defined. People are not only pretty good at playing those classes but they are also good at working in tandem with those classes because they know what those other people do. Like, right. um, like another hero that I'm, I'm pretty good at, his name is uh, Reinhardt. He's a, a giant knight-looking dude, and he's got a, a big energy shield that he can use to shield the rest of, of the party. And it, oh. people can... Your bullets, your team's bullets can go through it, the opponent's bullets cannot. So you, you kind of set him up in front and he can take a bunch of damage while the other, while your guys fire on the enemy. Um, and, and people just, people can see that giant shield and they go, Oh, that's something I need to get behind. And they get behind the shield and we can, we can push an objective forward and it just, it just kind of works. Or when I'm playing Lucio and have the healing aura thing going on, there's a pretty defined area of effect for this healing, and it keeps the team closer together. It gives it gives people a tangible benefit to actually stick together and play more as a team instead of going off and lone wolfing it. So right. it it seems like when you play those heroes, it, it having those tangible benefits actually makes the team play a lot a lot more uh, cohesively, and it's That's it's crazy. really cool. And, yeah. I had kind of the opposite um, experience with another Blizzard game, um, Heroes of the Storm. Oh, yeah. Where if you played a support class, people would be like, meh, you should have chose somebody that hits harder. Um, They would be good to, like, tanks, I guess, and you'd sometimes get heals, but overall, a lot of, yeah, it was just a lot of just, like, zerging. Yeah, that's their MOBA, right? Yeah, yeah. So have have you had much experience with other MOBAs? Um, not really, no. Okay, because I've only watched some Dota 2 be played. Um, I, I know that League of Legends is super popular, and I have done everything I can to avoid it. Yeah. Uh, and then Heroes of the Storm was, was kind of the latecomer for Blizzard, and I think it's doing well for them, but... Uh, they have tournaments. It's not... I, I know it's also not doing... It, like, it's, it's, like, well in third place from what I understand. That's what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. like League is dominating everything. Dota 2 is kind of where you have a, a very solid competitive scene of, of very excited players. And then Heroes of the Storm is doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why people aren't good at it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe anybody who like wants to play it really competitively finds that they get more of a challenge out of Dota or League. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like it because it's a Blizzard game, mostly. Again, the characters kind of come from all the Blizzard games, so it's interesting and fun, I guess, but yeah. I can see, yeah, changing it for a League or a Dota if you were and, really good. And getting Overwatch, I don't know if it's all editions of Overwatch or what, but they that unlocks Tracer, uh, 
the the kind of box hero of Overwatch yeah. uh, into Heroes of the Storm, so you can play as Tracer in that game. Yeah. Uh, which I don't know seems cool. <laughs> I, I'm actually really bad with Tracer <laughs> in in the game. She's got submachine guns and is supposed to kind of like blink and teleport around everywhere, and I'm. I just can't do that, but it's also probably because I'm. This is my first weekend of really playing it, and I don't know the maps well. And there's a lot to learn in this game, and and it has me excited to uh, to keep digging into it. Um, yeah, like yeah. we talked about before, like I'm really bad at digging deep into games, and this is one I feel like I can kind of gnaw on over the rest of the year, and that feels nice. Cool. And and then I've been playing one more game. Uh, I've played it. I've played it pretty much all of today, and it's really good. And I think you're going to be really excited to talk about this with me. Okay. And that is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp Fe. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I mean, when it came out, and it was being described as Fire Emblem meets like a Shin Megami game. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like. Maybe a, a kind of <clears throat> RTS style Final Fantasy um, tactics sort of game, right? But it's kind of the uh, opposite. Yeah, it's. I saw a few like summons. I guess they are. Uh, yeah. I'm not even sure how to describe it. I guess you could do a better job. Sure. Well, being the one who's played it, I would hope I can do a slightly better job. <laughs> um, Yes, so this is this is what was formerly known as as uh, SMT Crossfire Emblem, uh, Shimagami Tensei Crossfire Emblem, and uh, now it is TMS it's hashtag FE <laughs> um, if you if you want to go there. But um, yeah, it's it's very much it feels very much more like a like an SMT game. Uh, or in my case, because I haven't played an SMT game, it feels like a Persona game. <laughs> um, and it does a pretty solid job of feeling like a like a more traditional JRPG in that sense. Oh, really? The dungeons the dungeons have more verticality than than a Persona game, but they they still kind of feel Persona esque, where each each dungeon has a very specific look to it. A uh, very specific theme, and, uh, and man, I, I, there's so much. There's so much to unpack on this game. It's, it's you'll have to excuse Sounds me like for podcast. It's yeah, it would absolutely deserve its own podcast, especially uh, uh, not on this one because it's not handheld. That's actually my main main problem with this game. So SMT games are, I know they've done cross platform stuff before, but but traditionally these days, anyway, they are more handheld games. SMT four is on a handheld. Uh, the the new SMT, what's that one called? It's an it's the, the second SMT four. Final or Revelation or something like that. Yeah, something like that. There's a I, I can't remember. Uh, Apocalypse. Yes, that was it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so SMT four Apocalypse is also coming to 3ds, um, or is it already for 3ds? I should know that, but I don't. Um, <laughs> Uh, you have the Persona games that, even though the new one is coming out on on PS3 and PS4, uh, you have Persona 4 Golden that came to Vita. It feels like these games are kind of made for handhelds. And then you have Fire Emblem that has only been on handhelds. Yeah. And 
Oh wait, no, that's not that's not true. There's been a there's been a GameCube and a Wii one and uh, maybe a Super Nintendo one in Japan. I don't remember. Um, but still, like they're both very traditionally handheld franchises. And for this game to be on the Wii U is is kind of a real bummer <laughs> for me yes. anyway. Like I had to I had to dust off my Wii U. <laughs> um, I had to remember that I actually had that console. <sighs> Would it have worked on a handheld, or is it definitely a console game? Uh, it's it's pretty enough that it kind of earns its spot as a console game, but oh. I, I think it could easily have worked on on a handheld. In fact, it does some really cool stuff with the with the second screen the, on the gamepad, where that acts as kind of like a phone for you, and you'll get text messages from characters during the game, so you can read through those texts. In fact, the, the, the action stops on the top screen and kind of has you go down and read these texts, which is a little, I, I don't know, it, it's a little immersion-breaking. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's kind of cool, the, the, the character's... It fleshes out the characters so well uh, that you get more of a sense of who they are and even how they, they type in these text message cell phone conversations. Like You have one guy who uh, chats like I chat uh, when, like, like when I'm typing uh, up a G-chat conversation with somebody. Uh, that is, that's totally the way I do it, where I don't use any capitalization whatsoever. I'll still use punctuation, but I've just, I don't capitalize anything because I don't know. It just gets in the way. Uh, and this guy does that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Why would you, why would you spend time clicking on that? Like who cares at the end of the day when you're just typing somebody like that? Um, and he types like I type. And then you have another character who, who makes sure that they type everything, everything out and everything correctly. And it's, it's just a nice little flavor bit. And that's also how you receive different updates uh, about new weapons or, or new things that you can get. That, that you have a character in there who specifically will send you a text saying, "Hey, I can I can make this for you now that you have the materials for it." Uh, uh, that's also. Did you Did you play Catherine? I did. I played your oh. copy of Catherine. Oh great! Uh, cool. <laughs> uh, I mean, they did text well in that. I think you only texted with a few people, though. Yeah, uh, they still um, kind of did the same thing with each character typing in their own ways, but it didn't pause the game. Right. I, I kind of remember that. Uh, I, I remember loving Catherine. Uh, yeah. And, and the only... Another one, Atlas game. Yes, an, another Atlas game that is, man, they should totally make a sequel to that, or they should bring those characters into something else. Something. Uh, I, I don't know, like, have, have those characters show up. Have Catherine show up in Persona 5. Like, why, why not? What's his name? The main character. Yeah, uh, I forgot his it's name like too. Vincent. Yeah, he was in Persona Three handheld. Oh, was he? But Persona he just like he said like one thing, and it was like just a throwaway line. Oh, that's cool though. That is that's neat. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will say like this is gonna this is ending up being a much longer conversation than I meant meant it to be. But I am really enjoying Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Um, it's hard to say, but it's really fun to play. Um, I, I think the, the battle system that they have in there is, is really cool. And that was the thing I might've been most worried about going into it. Um, but it has these really cool chain moves where as long as you're, 
if you can hit an opponent's weak point, and that's kind of also what makes it feel a little persona-y. If you hit a weak point of, a, of an enemy, then other people can jump in and get extra actions. Um, but instead of... In Persona, you kind of get a second action, if I remember right. In this one, it's just your teammates go in and they take free actions and and throw in some extra damage. And there, it can... That is the way to play that game. There's almost a rhythm to it um, where you are making sure that you're always in line to hit another big chain. They call them sessions because it's more of a music-based, music-themed game. It, it's not it's not like a rock band game or anything like that, but music is, is very key to the way the game plays and, and performers and artists and people's creativity is even a, a tangible thing in that game called Performa. That, that's basically the creativity of humans, and it powers the what are called mirages, but we would know them better as like personas. Okay. Um, There's a lot yeah, of stuff. I, I do like the weaknesses system that Sh- the Shin Megami and mm-hmm. those kinds of games do. It really speeds things up and makes things interesting and, and fun because yeah. the enemies can do it to you too. Right. Absolutely. The the enemies can totally do the sessions uh, on you as well, and it. It can hit you pretty hard. Uh, the really cool thing is that they've combined that very SMT Persona-like combat system with a combat system that is very much like Fire Emblem, in that there is the kind of weapon triangle in there that you know axes beat lances, lances beat swords, swords beat axes. Um, and then you have uh, bows that go in there that kind of mess everything up. But um, there are... It... it takes into account all of that stuff. And it actually makes for this really rich and fun combat system. I'm, I'm really enjoying it a lot. I wish there were more animations uh, in, yeah. in some of the attacks, but uh, what's there is really, really cool. Uh, I'm, only, I'm only maybe like five hours into it so far, um, and that was just what I've played today, and I'm, I'm having an absolute blast. I just finished the second... Dungeon. Well, the first one's kind of a tutorial dungeon, and then the second one is, is where you kind of get into the real meat of the game. And I just finished that one. So there's there's some good stuff. The the Fire Emblem is is very light, uh, which disappointed me at first. Uh, yeah. There are there are only a few Fire Emblem characters who even show up in this game. Um, the reason that they're there is not very well defined. Uh, it's not at least not yet. Um, it's that, that's kind of the mystery of the game is why are these why are these fire emblem characters here and uh, but like, nobody knows they're fire emblem characters they just go why are these things here why do they kind of know each other what's going on and and they don't know because they all have amnesia uh, so but that's that's where the kind of story is going uh, it's it is fun it is so fun I'm I don't. I don't know if I'm going to play much Overwatch or Doom anymore <laughs> this weekend because I might just be playing Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I think I think you as a as a fan of both Persona and and Fire Emblem, you played some Fire Emblem games, haven't you? Yeah, I like them. Yeah, I, I think you would enjoy this a, a lot. Oh man, I might have to watch some Let's Play or yeah, find out more. Po- possibly, uh, this is this is going to be the game that kind of tides me over until Persona gets here next year. I can I can very much tell that, nice. but it's good. It's really good. All right, enough about 
games that we're playing now, let's talk about a game that we pl- both played way back when and then uh, just replayed somewhat recently. Just now. Um, Pokemon Black and White. So this is the fifth generation of Pokemon games. So you have the first ones being red, red and blue and yellow, um, second being gold and silver and crystal, third, ruby, sapphire, and emerald, fourth was diamond and pearl and platinum. Yep. Uh, so now we're on black and white. Uh, weirdly enough, this is the generation where they kind of stopped doing the third game. Uh, yeah, we and never... instead they made sequels, which we're both still confused about. But... Right. Um, I... So here's here's the deal, Ty. This is going to... This is going to kind of drive most of our conversation, I imagine. Um, I I love Pokemon. We we went through at the beginning of this podcast talking about how much I've loved Pokemon and how integral it is to this podcast. Um, I've always been a fan. Uh, I've always been a great fan. But there are generations where I feel like my fandom has either waned or been tested. Yeah. And then it's then it's always seems to come back. Um, I think on a previous podcast, it might have been the podcast that you were on when we did uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Uh, that that is my least favorite generation of Pokemon games. Is that third one? That's what I've said. Uh, the Ruby Sapphire Emerald. Uh, those are the ones where I kind of check out a little bit and, and yeah. say like, yeah, those games weren't really that good. And I right. think a lot of it has to do with. Um, with some of the new mechanics they put in there. I, I think some of the weather effects, some of the having to catch Pokemon on specific days and in very specific places, uh, like Drifloon uh, is the one I can, can think of the most, of the, the balloon Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, you can only catch them on, I want to say, Fridays at this very specific field. And, that was in Diamond, though, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was in, that was in Ruby uh, and Sapphire. Yeah, um, so that that was not fun. I did not like that, um, and and there were there were some other Pokemon that that were the same way in that one. Was that the that was the one with Combi as well, right? Uh, Combi the next generation. I don't remember. Okay, so this is this is where <laughs> there's too many. We, there's... there's a lot. There's a lot of Pokemon these days. There's yeah. some might say too many Pokemon, but some might say that. at the same time. Pokemon is is 20 years old, and when it's 20 years old, you're going to have a lot of them to keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, so I've always said that Ruby and Sapphire and, and uh, Emerald have been my least favorite generation, and I kind of want to amend that statement here. Yikes. Um, and <laughs> I'm... I don't know if I'm specifically saying that that black and white are my least favorite generation, but I will say I can now give credit to to Ruby and Sapphire that I actually remember it. Uh, and playing replaying this game, it was like an entire new Pokemon game to me because I didn't remember jack shit about it. Really? Yeah. I guess it doesn't sound like it's in a good way either. Well, man, that's it's such a tough question. I think I think Pokemon Black and White brought in a lot of great things that that made that really helped to modernize Pokemon and really bring us into the new style of Pokemon games where we play today. Um, 
I, I really do think there was a generational shift. Even there was definitely a generational shift when you when you got to Diamond and Pearl because those are the first ones that came to DS. That it felt like there was a lot of uh, of big differences there. That now this is on this this entirely new platform, and there were new possibilities and all that kind of stuff. But but even then, that felt like Diamond and Pearl still felt like a, a like a regular Pokemon game to me. And when I say regular, I mean the first three generations. Uh, right. So that well, this, this game was kind of billed as like a fresh start or like a, a do-over or like a reboot of the Pokemon series. So I guess that's true. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, this is also the first Pokemon game to take place outside of Japan or outside yeah. of quote-unquote Japan. Pokemon <laughs> Japan. Right. Um, so this this one takes place in America, correct? Supposed to, yeah. Like generally, America, like specifically New York. Uh, so there is there is uh, a New York City like uh, main hub area, and then there are kind of the the surrounding uh, more like upstate New Yorkish areas. Uh, but the, the gym leaders, the gym leaders, kind of reflect America. Like there's like an oil tycoonish guy. There's a chick that's a model. There's an artist, mm-hmm. and, and they're also very. Uh, it's it's a lot more diverse than a Pokemon game has been uh, previously, from what yeah. from what I remember. Like there are there are African American gym leaders, which is not something you have seen in Pokemon games before uh, that I that I remember. Maybe there was one, but like there is a lot more representation in this game. Yeah, um, and, and that's kind and of even cool. Iris, the the Dragon Girl, doesn't seem. Black. She seems just, I don't know, slightly could be anything Hispanic. Right. Or... Yeah, she she is she is of a different ethnicity than white for sure. <laughs> right. Um, right. But yeah, there's so a lot of that stuff is cool. I, I can appreciate a lot of that stuff. This is also the generation that gave us nice little convenient tweaks to some of the mechanics, uh, such as. Uh, that TMs are the technical machines that you can teach Pokemon. In previous generations, they were one and done, unless you were unless you were super cool like us and and did the missing no trick uh, on Cinnabar Island to get tons and tons of copies. Um, but in in this generation, they said, you know what? Let's just if you can find it, then great. You can give them to as many Pokemon as you want over the course of the game, uh, which is really nice. Um, I feel like they tempered that a little bit by making most of them garbage. Whereas I feel like uh, in previous generations, the, the TMs kind of had a little bit more punch to them. Most of these, I don't feel are that great. Um, there's, there's yeah, you get some good ones, but the ones from the gym leaders are pretty bad. Um, you get Aerial Ace, and you get like you get Dig, which is useful, mm-hmm. um, but you don't get like a, I don't think you get like an Ice Beam or like any kind of punch. TMs or really anything uh, like that. I mean, you do, but they come right. way late in the game. Um, from from when I've played it, so uh, full full disclosure for people, um, neither of us really beat the game when we replayed it. Right. Um, I, I beat the Elite Four and got through kind of the main story arc thing, uh, and that's... It's kind of the first half of the game, if you want to call it that. Uh, I I wouldn't call it that, <laughs> uh, but but yes, when you beat the Elite Four and you beat the final boss, 
who is not the champion. Eh, I mean, kind of the champion. We'll, we'll get to that. Um, then it, it kind of opens up the second story for you to, of things that you can do after, after that, which is nice. Uh, I, I know that uh, a big sticking point for us in previous generations of Pokemon games is like, what do you do after you beat the Elite Four? Uh, there's, right. there's usually very little. And in this one, there's a lot. There's, there's more than there ever has been, in, unless you're counting the, uh, the gold and silver trick where they have you take on another eight gyms. But Which is even kind of also another part one, part two. That's not even like the epilogue, I feel like. It feels like that was planned to be there. Yeah. Uh, but, man, I just... There's something about it. I, I, I definitely think it has something to do with how this game is... It's, it's how I'm doing these podcasts. Uh, when we... When I do this podcast, I call you up. I say, hey, let's, let's do a podcast. Why don't we do it on Pokemon Black and White? You say, sure, we then start playing through the game. And and this is a game that we've both been playing through for the last, I don't know, off and on for the last couple months, a few months, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you know, we had, we had a few false starts. Right. Um, and I definitely did take my time in the beginning, but the beginning is also very slow. Yeah, well, let, let's start there. That's, that's a good right. point. I, I feel like I'm flailing uh, on things to talk about because... There's so much stuff in this game. And, There's a lot of content. And I don't know if all of it is very exciting to talk about, so it's it's I kind of struggle to find the, the good stuff in here. But the start start of the game, let's go in there. Um, okay. it, it, it is very slow. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you kind of talk about the slowness? <laughs> There's just... There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot that contributes to the slowness. I mean, I feel like you get your Pokemon pretty quickly. Um, you start the adventure quick. I remember getting the running shoes pretty early. Um, but other than that, it feels like all the Pokemon are there just to slow you down. Uh, yeah, I agree. The the Pokemon and your friends uh, more more than <laughs> yeah. more than in any other previous generation. I think they've kind of done it some more as as the generations go on. It feels. It feels like a more hand-holdy Pokemon game, and I don't—I just don't understand why they need that. Uh, right, I don't enjoy that. Po- Pokemon, the first generation, red, blue, and yellow, those were games that I played when I was when we were both really young, I, and we figured it out. We, we figured it out really well. Like we played those games from front to back. Looked, found all the secret stuff. Were uh, this was before the internet, so all we had was just the, the schoolyard stuff of, of oh, here's you know, here's where you can catch that Pokemon. Oh, somebody got the the Prima strategy guide, so now we'll talk to him about what they've got. Um, and and then you even had the tricks of of like getting a Pokemon with cut that uh, so you could avoid the whole third gym, and you could surf behind the SSN, and you could find the truck that supposedly had Mew in it, but did, totally didn't have Mew in it. There's no peekaboo, right? Uh, well, that was more of a that was more of a gold and silver thing. Uh, yeah, right? I guess that was a gold. Because they, but I've heard things you could like go behind Bill's house and catch one and things right. like that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So they teased it for gold and silver, but there was a thought that maybe it was hidden somewhere in in the uh, in the original games. Right. Um, but yeah, it was still just you. You had Gary. There was some story, but it didn't really get in the way. Like I feel this one's trying to tell a story. Right. Tempting and, to tell a story foremost. And you only fight Gary in like three of the 
in three times in that whole game, from what I remember. Uh, you fight him at, uh, or four times, I guess. You fight him right at the very beginning with your first yeah. your first battle. Uh, there's another one at uh, at the uh, at uh... Celadon. Mm, oh God, you do fight him there, don't you? Yeah, maybe you fight, maybe you fight him more than I thought, but still, it felt very it felt very spread out, very sparse. Yeah, yeah. In, in that game, um, where in this one, it seems like you are constantly battling your two friends like you one they've given you two friends now and they each kind of have different goals in the way they they use pokemon uh like one of them wants to be the absolute very best trainer and the other one's just kind of cool being being a, another pokemon trainer out there and she's she's yeah. fine with that she's very kind of non-confrontational she's uh, like trying to find herself i guess yeah definitely but it just at different times of the game, it just feels like they keep coming and keep talking to you about like, hey, hey, how you doing? How are your Pokemon doing? Why don't we have a battle about it? I'm like, oh, let's, I don't know, let's not. <laughs> like, yeah. like I've just fought through this whole thing full of trainers, and now you're just showing up on on these random routes. You're not even, you're not even showing up when you kind of like should show up. I, uh, it just it's not it's not just them either. It's like the professors around a lot. Yeah, they the add a second professor. Like I guess they really did extend expand the cast. Yeah, like you get Professor Juniper who's who's cool. Like that's your first female uh, professor. Like that's awesome. Like that's again like more representation there's cool. And then that's, like halfway through the game her dad, her colleague, who is that guy? I thought so too. Uh, that's that's been stuck in my mind. Um, so he just kind of shows up, and yeah. he's also helping you. And by helping, he just keeps chatting in your ear all the time. And it feels like this is a game that constantly tells you where you need to go. Whereas older Pokemon games, I don't know, they just felt like they they let you explore a little bit more on your own. They were, mm-hmm. they were so well designed that. They knew you were going to get to this place eventually, but they let you get there by on your own, and that that made all the difference. In this one, it feels very much like, "Hey, I'm going to be at Route 11. Meet me there, and we'll have a battle." Yeah. Uh, okay. And then I take four steps, and then somebody else shows up and go, "Hey, before you do that, you need to go to this place first. Uh, okay. And then it's like, I just I'm at a new city. The first thing I want to do is go to a Pokemon Center, heal up my Pokemon. And then I want to look at the, uh, I want to find the gym. Like that's that's what I've been conditioned to do as a Pokemon in Pokemon, is yeah. is find those gym leaders because that's the main gate of progress in those games. And in this, this is kind of they've they've done it in the the previous generations, but this one more than any of, hey, you can't fight the gym leader yet because you got to do this thing first, and yep. and yep. now we got to do like this kind of story thing. Uh, and the gym leader is going to be a part of it, and that's why they're not available right now. And it just kind of breaks some of the flow for me. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. This it definitely this, feels it gives like it, it gives you tasks like do this before fighting the gym leader. Come meet me here. In one case, you follow this gym leader all the way up a tower, and then she's like, "Oh, I got here before you. It's taken care of. Meet me back at the gym." And it's like, well, then why was that even necessary? Yeah, I, I at least <laughs> again, I, this just feels like 
we're two old guys telling these new Pokemon games to get off our lawn. But uh, I, I do... The thing is, I want to like this game. I, I want to like Pokemon. I know that I when I played it, when I first played it, I probably had fond feelings for it. Like, I, it didn't turn me off of Pokemon altogether. Because uh, I definitely played Black and White 2. Uh, and I definitely played the, the generation after that, which uh, is escaping me right now. X and Y. Was it really X and Y? Oh my god. That's, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I didn't think there was that much of a jump. Yeah. Um, which did turn me off of Pokemon for a while. X and Y that's did? A, that's a separate story. X and Y did? I hated X and Y. I didn't even finish it. Wow. All right. I think, I think they're just really, really terrible. But. Conversation for another day, but that's, yeah, uh, that's yeah, interesting. Absolutely. Especially since that's kind of a generation that got people way back into Pokemon. That's what took me out. Whereas, <laughs> I guess this one, I mean, you did, it didn't take you out of it, but you felt a, a slump. Yeah. I, I mean, let, let's let's go back to, to more structured conversations. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a lot to talk about. A lot so, to say. So we were talking about the beginning and how it's slow, and it's, it is slow, but I, I want to kind of give credit where credit's due. In the very first generation of Pokemon, they make you go back and forth between Viridian, Viridian City and Pallet Town. Uh, a bunch of times, <laughs> um, and that that kind of sucked and, and made things slow. Uh, in the second generation is is maybe the worst in that you have to go a couple of different towns over to go deliver another package to somebody, and then you have to go back, and then you have to go back to that place again to get a Pokemon egg, and it, it is it's ridiculous. It's a lot of trainers. It's a lot of area to cover. You don't have the you don't have anything to speed you up yet. It's it is terrible. Um, I don't remember that. I'm glad I don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do. Um, I don't remember the way three uh, Ruby and Sapphire start, and I don't really remember how uh, Diamond and Pearl start either. Uh, so five is fine. Like it's you you get the running shoes at the very first town you get to. That's helpful. Yeah. Um, there's. It, it kind of gets you started. I, I want to say it gets you started really quickly, but as soon as you start, it slows you right back down. And and that's where it, it, it front loads a lot of things of just, here's here's this person, here's what they do. Okay, and again, take five steps. And then there's another person, and this is what they do, and this is what they need you to do. And it's, yeah. man, I just, let me go out and catch some, catch some Pokemon, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I totally agree with that. All right. Uh, let's move on to the, the general story of this game. Uh, we, we touched on a little bit with the gym leaders of, of the gym leaders kind of always having story-related tasks for you to do before you can really face them. Um, and the story here, I mean, I guess most Pokemon stories all kind of go around the Team Rocket equivalent. Uh, but this yeah. one this one feels even more baked in than usual. This is, so this one is Team Plasma, uh, and Team Plasma has a very specific goal, uh, and it sounds like a very noble goal, is that they want to liberate Pokemon from humans, and whereas like Team Rocket is they want to steal your Pokemon so they can be the, this organization that uh, has all the powerful Pokemon and they uh, can rule the world, and then uh, Team uh, Galactic... Uh, it's another one that I can think of. I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, Team Rocket shows up in the first two, and then is it Team, team Bike? 
Team Lava, Aqua. Oh yeah, Team, team Aqua like and that. Team Magma are for are for Ruby and Sapphire, and they want to. Uh, team Magma wants to create a world full of land and no water, which sounds bad. And then Aqua wants to make a world that's only water, which also sounds unlivable. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what their ideas are after they achieve their goal. But yeah, yeah, they, they both like sounded they both sounded a little dumb and didn't really make sense. Um, I, I guess they worshipped the the two legendary Pokemon there like gods, so they thought if they if they only made this place all land, then Groudon would like them or something like that. Or it would provide. I guess. Yeah. Sure. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like this this story is like at least somewhat more plausible. Like, it's sort of a good question. Like, yeah. are Pokemon doing this because they want to, or it's are you forcing them to? I mean, it's totally yeah. agree. Totally agree. Like that. This one feels a lot better. And, and then just sorry to to kind of complete the loop. Team Galactic in the fourth generation, they they wanted to go to space. Yeah, that's, and I guess. and get some Pokemon. Then I, I don't know exactly why they wanted to go to space. That that kind of eludes me. But um, yeah, so this seems more noble for Team Plasma to go like, hey, you know, you guys capture Pokemon, you catch them against their will, you make them fight against each other. It's there's there's definitely it, it makes you feel bad to be a trainer. And that's cool. That's great. That is that is a super neat feeling that they they are making making you feel a little bit bad about something that you felt just fine doing for years and years now. Yeah, yeah. That's or never thought about at least. Exactly. Yeah. You you didn't think about it, or you thought about you only obsessed about catching catching them all. Like that's what yeah. that's what Pokemon is all about. You have to catch them all. Or you've got to catch them all if, if you are more into the slogan culture. But in this one, it goes, hey, remember that thing that we've been telling you uh, this whole time and that you've gotten into your head is the most important thing that Pokemon's been all about? Maybe you're a bad person for doing that. And it's it's cool they're showing the other side of things. Yeah, yeah. No, well, their, their, lo- their logic is faulty. Like, they... <laughs> of course... Because of course it is. Uh, they catch... They catch Pokemon and use Pokemon, and and they say, "Oh no, we're only using Pokemon ourselves because we we just need to stop the rest of you, and then we're all we're going to get rid of them all." And like that doesn't sound right. Like that's <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> what are you doing? It's a little backwards. Uh, and and the thing that that might bother me the most is the main antagonist in this game. And that's in just just the letter in, uh, so edgy. In <laughs> um, is the leader, uh, kind of the leader, or at least like the face of of uh, Team Plasma. And yeah. he he has all these ideals, and he is the one who is is preaching to everyone that you know, Pokemon should not be slaves, and they shouldn't be uh, held against their will, and you should let your Pokemon go. That's the natural place for them to be. Uh, and he can also talk to Pokemon. Uh, he, yeah, because he was. It's a little vague. Like he was, he grew up in a in a really tough fashion, I guess. And like Pokemon were his only friends, and he feels bad that those Pokemon are now being used for other people's agendas. So he's he's the only one that really understands Pokemon. 
and he makes you feel really bad as a trainer because like we talked about uh, all those moral implications of being a pokemon trainer right but then it's it's like in the third city it's it's very early in the game where he talks to one of your pokemon whoever is the lead at, in the t- at the time and he comes back to you and goes like yeah your pokemon says you're pretty cool okay and he's yeah, like, so... I, I've never met a Pokemon that, that loves a trainer this much and wants to do what their trainer wants. I'm like, oh, okay. And so he basically gives you a free pass. He, uh, yeah, I remember that. He's, I think he still says it's going to be sad when I take them from you or something like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, it's more like a guilt trip thing of like, oh, it's too bad that no one can have Pokemon anymore because you won't be either, but... You know, if everyone treated your Pokemon like you did, maybe I wouldn't have to go on this crusade. You're like, well, then wait a minute. Like, I was supposed to feel bad. You almost had me feeling bad about being a trainer, and now they just give you. Oh shit! Fireworks, man! Could you hear that? Yeah. Damn, that was uh, that was really close. Again, like we're Fourth of July weekend, uh, folks. Some of that might happen. Yeah, you wouldn't think that would happen in the very much downtown city of St. Louis and you're you're in New York City, aren't you? That's exactly where I thought that would happen and I'm in Brooklyn. Okay, so like these are I don't know, like I wouldn't imagine they would happen in the cities. Like, there are ordinances <laughs> against that kind of shit. All right, well cool. Better than a gunshot, right? <laughs> um, so so yeah, like in in has me believing that I'm a bad person, and then he just gives you a free pass, and that that really took a lot out of me. Of of man, you you almost had this moral con- quandary going, and then you just backed way off it. And that's that's super disappointing. I know he visits you again in the flying gym, but I completely forgot what he says there. It's I think it's along the similar lines where it's like yeah. You're still, like, pretty nice, but I'm still going to go ahead and do this. And then he awakens the legendary. Yeah. That might might be spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about spoilers at this point. Uh, Like, there are certain things I don't mind spoiling, but... uh, And one of them is definitely a, a game that is over a decade old at this point. I'm pretty sure. It's pretty old. I don't know if it's a decade old, but... If you don't know the story of black and white, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just, I, the other thing that bugs me about in, he's supposed to be this kind of all knowing idealistic guy who is, has so, is so philosophical and has thought of so much stuff that he has come to this one true idea that Pokemon should not be held in, in Pokeballs or, or go by their master's command. Uh, but he gets he gets the wool pulled over his eyes so much in this game. He's he's shown to be this main antagonist, and he's such a main antagonist that, like like you said, there are even the legendary Pokemon in this game come into play, and he just captures one. He just yeah. beats the the champion of the Elite Four uh, like it was nothing, and and yet this whole time his dad. "Quote unquote, Dad." Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. Get Getsis, G H E T S I S. I say Getsis. I don't know how else I would say it. Um, like that, that guy is has kind of been like a de facto leader when when In is not around, 
And at the end of the game, he's just kind of like, yeah, uh, the only reason I went along with my, again, quote-unquote sons, uh, only reason I went along with what In was saying was so everyone would get rid of their Pokemon so then I could have all the Pokemon and then just run roughshod over everything and be the, the leader of the whole world, which I don't know if he thought of that, thought through that plan very well, because like, even if everyone let go of their Pokemon, there would still be Pokeballs out there. Like maybe, maybe they wouldn't be sold in shops anymore, or maybe they'd be curios, but they'd still be there. Right. And nobody's burning their Pokeballs. <laughs> People could catch Pokemon again and stop him. I, yeah, they'd still be outside running around and stuff, right? Right. I mean, if they're all free, then yeah, they're all there. They're all there to get. And it just... Did, did anyone think these plans through at all? <laughs> I don't Maybe he wanted to get there before, like, finalizing the plan. Maybe that was just, like, a rough outline. Yeah. I So, so we're skipping a bunch of the story, and the story really is that somebody loses their Pokemon, you help them get it back. Somebody takes somebody's Pokemon, you help them get it back. In in talks to you about how bad people are, and then you get to the final part of the game. Like it, it very much is just that, and I don't know. It it drags. It drags a lot for me. I I just played through this game, and I still can't tell you what happens in most of it because it just is such a drag. Yeah, that's pretty much the just that's the gist, and that's kind of all the further it goes. Yeah, I, the, the the one thing that I meant, even made mention on, on these six pages of notes that I made. I made six pages of notes for this podcast, and I still feel completely unprepared about any of this stuff. But Team Plasma secretly builds an entire underground castle around the Pokemon League, and nobody noticed that? I... I mean, I mean, yeah, that's some that's some anime ass anime shit right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this whole castle like just shows up when you get to the elite four. You beat the elite four. It's a really it's a really hard elite four, and we'll get back to that in a second. But uh, once you get through those guys and get to the champion, uh, you don't fight the champion because In is there and he's beating the champion with no problems, and then unleashes the plan. And the plan is that this whole castle. And it's not really even a... It, I guess it's a castle, but it feels more like a wall that just comes up and surrounds the entire Pokemon League, which I don't know what that accomplishes, but okay. And then all these long staircases shoot out from these castle wall things and shoot into the Pokemon League, which, again, I don't know what that accomplishes. <laughs> like, that... Okay. Um... But then you climb up the that staircase, one of the staircases to get into this castle. You fight in. Uh, you capture the legendary Pokemon in a very scripted way, which feels I don't know, kind of bad to me. I mean, it's it's cool for the story because it it matters to the story, right? And that's cool, I guess. Like it's uh, there. There have been legendary Pokemon that have mattered to the story before, too. Like, it, it, they are definitely the whole point of the story between uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. But... It, I agree. I caught, uh, I caught my version's dragon with just a great ball. 
And it, that doesn't oh, right. feel very, I guess, quote-unquote epic for what you would expect <laughs> from a legendary. Uh, well, well, me knowing that we were doing this podcast and that nothing I did in this game mattered, that these Pokemon weren't being transferred to the Pokemon bank eventually, uh, it just made me go like, ah, you know what, screw it. I've got the one Master Ball. Let's just do it. I don't want to mess around with this fight. <laughs> um, so I, I just did that, which also is, I don't know. It's a, it's a very bad use of a Master Ball. Uh, but I, I didn't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that final fight against In, it's just, it just feels weird to me um, that you you get this legendary dragon, you're supposed to put it in your party. You can choose not to. I, I don't know why you would choose to not do that. Um, but I, I put him in the party. He's level fifty. Uh, the the Pokemon that In has aren't anything higher than level fifty four, maybe fifty five. Um, so he's he's already competitive, and in the very first fight, he's well. I guess it depends on who you pick. Uh, you played through black, right? Yeah, no, I played through white. Oh, you played through white as well. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think white white is a lot easier uh, because in white you get the dragon that can beat the other dragon in in my opinion i i guess in both of them it's it's probably fine because they're both dragons they can both do double damage to each other each other but um in this one in white when you get zekrom who is dragon and uh and electric the other one is dragon yeah. and fire so a fire attack that like the the best move that reshiram has that the fire and dragon one is a fire attack and it does a fourth of the damage it could do because you're dragon and and right. fire and dragon. Uh, it could probably, still probably dragon claw you or something though. Yeah, he's got a dragon move, but so do you, and you can beat him. And right. there's there's no reason you should lose that very first fight. And then the rest of what he has is just fine. Like it's they're again they're all level like fifty to fifty five, uh, which. For me, that feels real low. That feels super low for the finish to a game. And I guess when you have a whole kind of second backstory thing to do afterward, that you can go get away with something that low. But it feels wrong. It feels it just adds to what I what we think of as this slowness to the game. That there is so little evolution. There's so little leveling to this stuff that when you get through the Elite Four, it feels like you've barely scratched the surface. And I'm sure if we were playing... I'm sure back when I played this game originally, that was probably really cool. To 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 get to that point and go, wow, there's so much more game left. I'm so excited. Like, I can keep playing this. This is fantastic. And because we're doing this show, because we were trying to get through this relatively quickly, I got to... I got through that part and saw the first first credits and went, like, oh, God, there's so much more game. There's so much more to do. Right. Ugh. I feel like uh, the first time I played this, at least, uh, yeah, I did. My Pokemon were pretty high level at the end just because of the extra stuff. And then there's stuff that opens up on certain days. Like, there's a tennis court and things like that uh, that open. Um, but, yeah, for the first time around it is pretty they're they're pretty low yeah i just 
I don't know. Yeah, you're right. There's there's a lot of end game stuff that makes it really easy to to level your guys way up. That you can uh, the, you go through this whole kind of second chapter that gets you back to the elite four. The elite four is now like super powered up. They've got a couple new Pokemon each. Uh, then you can fight the real champion Alder, um, and he's super powerful. And then even past that, there are other trainers with really powerful Pokemon. You can end up finding the champion from uh, the fourth generation, from Sinnoh, uh, Cynthia. And she'll fight you, and she has a super strong team. You can go to the uh, the Game Freak headquarters, like you can in most of these games, where you can where that's where once you fill up your entire Pokedex, they'll give you the little certificate that says you did that. Yeah. Um, but in this one, there's also... Um, a, a trainer in there that is based on one of the uh, one of the head Pokemon designers, uh, and he'll fight you once a day. And he's got like level seventy five Pokemon. So there are there are tons of ways to to battle and get your Pokemon way leveled up in this game. But I just that's all stuff you have to go and, and seek out and really find instead of just kind of being the natural progression of a Pokemon game. And, and damn it, that's what I love about Pokemon, is that natural progression. And You also have to want to play it, which yeah. in your case doesn't sound like... Yeah, very very much not. Like, I finished, I got through those credits, and I immediately went like, cool, well, that's enough to do a podcast on. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. All right, let's go, let's go back. Let's talk more about the Pokemon themselves, because I think this is probably the best part of the game. Yeah. And, and then let's also talk about the Elite Four, uh, because that is that's a really hard part of the game that I think is is pretty cool. Uh, I I think this is it's it's one of the hardest Elite Fours that I've fought, and I'm talking about the very first time you fight them, not even the second time when they get some extra Pokemon. Um, I I remember like the. Well, I also don't remember the Elite Four from many of the different games. Um, again, I remember quite a bit from the first two generations because those are the ones that matter to me. Sure, sure. But the the uh, the trainers. I mean, the Elite Four. For anyone who knows Pokemon games, each of them will have a very specific type that they use, like a gym leader. Um, so in in this one, they they all go for this very specific loop of of uh of types it uh they well ghost dark uh psychic and fighting yeah and and those are there are a lot of really good strong pokemon in those types <clears throat> whereas you know it, it feels like and, and each of them a have of, each of them have mixed types too like they're not just ghost or they're not just dark right they're like fighting and dark or dark and steel Psychic and flying. Yeah, ghost and fire, and, and even then, even even then, you add an extra layer of they all know moves that can really screw up the, the ones that would be super effective against them. Um, so they're they're very prepared. They're they're really good trainers. Um, yeah. But I just it's hard because in knowing this elite four has these different types of Pokemon, the thing that you'd normally use against a, a ghost Pokemon would be either another ghost or dark types. And when you do that and you have to have those in your party, 
you already know those are going to be susceptible to the the fighting gym or to the dark gym or to the dark uh, elite four uh, trainer. Like they not only it's just a grueling four fights because <laughs> they're guaranteed to have some type advantages over your Pokemon just by virtue of you trying to have type advantages over their Pokemon. Uh, and it, it just makes it really hard and you can come out really unprepared. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what my final six Pokemon were. Yeah, hey, let's hear it. Because uh, there were kind of some glaring difficulties that I ended up having. Um, so I, I have a team of six here. I had a, a level 50 Sawbuck, which is the, the grass and normal um, deer uh, thing that's yeah. new to this game. I, I actually really like Sawbuck a lot. Um, I had Embor. That was my that was my starter. I got the the fire Tepig and and built him up to the fire fighting Embor. I had uh, uh, I don't know exactly how to say it. Is it it's bear tick? I guess. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's, so. It's a yeah, it's a portmanteau of bear and arctic. Uh, but there's it's not bear arctic. But I don't know. It's it's tough. There's there's no other. There's only one C. There's only one C in this word. I don't know how this works. Um, so he's he's ice, straight ice. I uh, had crocodile that's dark and ground. I had swoobat that is psychic and flying, and I had uh, galvantula that is bug and electric. And then for the final fight, I, I took out galvantula and brought in zekrom, uh, which is the, the dragon electric legendary that you get just for the before that final fight um so they, that was a pretty i mean that's there are a ton of different types no no pokemon in there shares a type with any other pokemon in there um, and that was by design like i have a very diverse group uh they each have a very diverse set of attacks i could pretty much do what i wanted to uh, i didn't have a water pokemon uh that was my kind of um that was my seventh one that I kind of floated in was a seismitoad that was ground in water. Yeah, uh, yeah. But at the same time, I already had crocodile that was ground, so there were there were things that I didn't really need. And bear tick could learn surf, uh, oh, okay. which is cool until you realize that the only reason you'd need surf is really for uh, a fire Pokemon. Uh, and if you're fighting a fire Pokemon, you're screwed because he's because bear tick is just <laughs> he's ice. Yeah. Um, and and my Pokemon were were relatively under leveled for these fights, so they would get uh, they'd usually be uh, attacking second. They would usually not be getting one hit kills, uh, which makes the the elite four bring in their full restores. Uh, that is something I don't remember from. I, I'm I know other generations did it, but I what was the first generation that really started? Uh, using the full restores when they were like under a quarter of their health. Oh, maybe three or four. Yeah, it, I don't think this is the one that pioneered it, but that is that is one of my least favorite things about Pokemon games, especially modern ones. That the Elite Four, specifically, but gym leaders do it quite a bit too, or, or maybe not to the full degree of a full restore, but uh, they'll they'll use a lot more items. Yeah, they just have so many. I mean, I remember trainers using two hyper potions sometimes on the same Pokemon. Yep, yep. And they just, they don't stop with it. Yeah, it seems like for, for the Elite Four, they'll use two full restores on every one of their Pokemon. 
um, if you can get them down, if you only get them down to a quarter of their life. If you get them to something like a third, the, that's fine. Uh, they, it's kind of like a blackjack situation where if they, they'll, they'll hold at 18, but, uh, <laughs> but they, they just aren't, are trying not to bust themselves, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so my team was, was pretty unprepared for a lot of, a lot of their stuff. Um, like I, again, like I had a, a very diverse set of moves, but where Sawbuck had a dark move and he had a fighting move, but he's also was grass and a lot of people had flying moves or fire moves. It just, it was hard. It is really hard. Uh, and I remember that was the one thing I do remember from the first time I played this game. It was like my one memory is I remember that chandelier from, uh, from the ghost, uh, elite four trainer the uh, the ghost and fire and how it was garbage that it had energy ball it had that yeah, it had a really move, strong right. grass move and it just it would destroy you um, if you tried to use if you tried to use the hard counter to a fire pokemon with water yeah. it just was you'd be there a long time <laughs> so i remember losing to that gym a lot um how about you like what what did you end up using I mean, I guess this is where we start to differ or end to differ since we're talking about the Elite Four. But I didn't have much trouble with them. And in fact, I had a great time playing this game. <laughs> um, I ended my team was a Sizem Toad. Uh, that's Water Ground. Yep. A Scrafty, which is Fighting in Dark. That's a really good, really good one. Yeah. A uh, Solipede. I think that's how you say it. He's bugging Poison. Yep. Uh, Zeb Strika, which is just electric. I had Excadrill, which is steel and ground, and then uh, Haxorus, which is just dragon. Yeah, uh, you've you've always been a Haxorus fan, if I remember right. It's it's got a really cool design. Yeah, there I are, like it. There are a lot of good Strong. dragons in this generation. Uh, What's they, that? There are a lot of good dragons in this generation. Yeah, a lot of cool yeah. ones. Uh, 156 new Pokemon, and I would say almost all of the cool ones are dragons. <laughs> yeah, I mean the other Drudgeon or whatever is it's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's 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 a really nice dragon, like a a, a dragon for everyone. Uh, that is that is a very accessible Pokemon. Uh, he's yeah, available yeah, to he's available only one to stage. Really early. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about the Hydreigon. I had that my my first time playing that game. Yeah. He's which is dark dragon. Dark dragon. What a great combination. Um, and it has levitate. Yep. Yep. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't really have a problem with the elite four. I mean, the fighting guy I took out with aerial ace on my aerial ace, and the the bug took care of him. Uh, the dark guy. I totally cheesed this game because Scrafty has a move called Moxie. Yeah. Uh, whenever you knock out your Pokemon, his attack goes up. Yeah. Crookedile Scrafty is fast, so I was just punching him, getting my attack up, punching him, getting my attack up, and pretty much just wiped out the dark guy. Yeah. Um, and then the Psychic, I just used a combination of my Sizem Toad and Zeb Strika. Because she has a Psychic flying. And, yeah. Yep. Sigil, Sigilith or something like that. I forgot the exact name for it. Sigilith? Yeah. Sigilith? Yeah, I think it's like supposed to be like Hieroglyph. Yeah. yeah. So Sigilith. Um, okay, well, 
All right, I want to hear. I want to hear more about why you like, why you enjoyed playing this through again. Um, I mean, I guess a big part is there is a good variety of Pokemon with fairly interesting type combinations. Um, I mean, there's the standard stuff, normals and straight fightings and things like that, but um, ground and dark, fighting and dark, psychic flying. Uh, you, you mentioned the ghost and fire before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a water and a ghost. Just some really cool, interesting types. A lot of cool designs. I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like a lot of the designs in this. I mean, there's an ice cream cone, which... Yeah, that that might be one of the dumbest Pokemon. Lame, lame, but, I mean, then you see the trash bag, and I'm like, I mean, actually, <laughs> Muck, Muck is kind of worse than this trash bag. I prefer the trash bag. I, I actually think both of them are pretty great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, like, the, the, the one that really bugs me... Is the the pan Pokemon the the little monkey ones you get near the beginning of the game? Uh, yeah, I think all three of those because they it's like getting a second starter, uh, and that's very much how they how they sell it to you. Of you know, get the one get the one that you that you don't already have. Like the, right. you get your starter Pokemon, it's fire, grass, or water, and now you get to this other part where it's like, hey, you know, you should have another one of these, and they just give you one of one of them, and, and I can't remember if you choose or if they just give it to you based on the type advantage. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. But I, I ended up getting Pan Sage, the grass one, because um, that um, one then I, made sense. I must have gotten Pan Seer, the fire one. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and because that is probably one of the only Pokemon of that type that you find at that point. Uh, it's something that you're kind of almost forced to use, right? Because in that very first gym, uh, that that first gym is one of the more memorable ones. Is that it's actually three gym leaders, and that's kind of cool. Um, and but you only face one of them, and you face whichever one has a type advantage over you, and or over your starter, from what I remember. And yeah. that's that's why you would use the. Uh, the pan Pokemon then, because that's you get a hard counter to that immediately. I'm like, okay, well, cool. I'll if you're gonna use water against my fire guy, well, now I have Pan Sage that can do grass against that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna win because I have the type advantage. And it's really it's a good teaching moment that that teaches you what type advantage really is and how it works. Yeah, uh, and it's a great thing to do in the very first gym. But it also leads to that problem that we talked about before, which is the hand holding and even though that's a more subtle way of doing it, you're still, you still end up getting kind of stuck with this Pokemon that isn't very good, that doesn't learn a lot of good moves, and then they also pretty quickly give you the, the stone. All of these, all these Pokemon are ones that evolve uh, through the use of a stone, yeah. uh, either a fire stone, a leaf stone, or a thunder stone, or a water stone, depending on which, uh, which one you have. And... You get the stone relatively quickly, uh, and I'm not going to say you're encouraged to use it, but again, if they give it to you, you're probably going to use it. And that's the exact opposite of what you should do, because right. uh, like a lot of Pokemon that evolve with stones, yeah. they stop learning moves at that point. Their evolved yeah. form doesn't learn anything new. 
and that just if if I did upgrade to Simi Sage at that point, uh, he would have known garbage. I, I didn't have very good moves for him at that point in, in the game. He had like one crappy leaf, crappy grass attack, and he had dig at one point, and that's probably all he was going to learn. And he, their stats for them are all pretty pretty bad across the board. And as soon as I found Sawbuck, or saw um, Deerling, the, the unevolved form of Sawbuck, uh, I switched to that immediately. Yeah, I mean, I think... Never looked back. Yeah, yeah. I had my monkey die a few times, and then I got Zep Striker with uh, the fire move. And then I was just like, all right, see ya. Yeah. No more monkey. <laughs> no more monkey jumping on my Pokemon game. Uh, and, yeah, they can't even really learn anything that great. I mean, they learn the standard, like, dig and, like, you know, their their type moves. But other than that, it's not like you can really teach them something and make them awesome. Yeah, I mean, they since they're all, like, bipedal Pokemon, they, they were able to learn um, Rock Smash pretty quickly. So you give them a fighting move. Um, they could, yeah. They could have some some stuff. But, again, they weren't learning anything that had that much punch to it. Um, so for, for grass anyway, when I got Deerling that has jump kick, I, I kept jump kick the entire rest of the game. That's a really strong fighting move. And, and that's, it's really nice for a Pokemon that's, that's grass and normal to have this extra move that does a ton of extra damage on it. Um, Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that's how I got through the dark, uh, elite four, uh, guy, uh, was, was spamming, (laughs) <laughs> spamming jump kick the whole time. I think you you mentioned this kind of in passing. Um, you said that the the elite four is very prepared. Yeah, uh, I feel like you also have to be because like I knew a lot of them them their uh, Pokemon had the jump kick, so I kept dig on one of my guys. Ah, so I yeah. would sometimes get lucky and dig, and they would use high jump kick and miss. And hurt themselves pretty badly. Yeah, that that's a, a big risk remove, risk reward yeah. move. Um, th- is let me ask you a question. Um, being that you are a fellow Pokemon historian and might remember this better than I, um, <laughs> is this the first Elite Four that you can choose who you fight? You can choose the order. Oh, um... I think that might be the case. I know you couldn't do it in the first two or even first three generations, but you might have been able yes. to do it in Diamond and Pearl. I want to say yes, but maybe you could have done it in the fourth game. Yeah, I, I want to say yes too. But anyway, regardless of whether it's the first or the fourth or whatever it is, um, it's it's deceptively helpful. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it makes you feel like yeah, it makes you feel like you you've got a handle on things and. And if you actually, once you do know what everyone is using and, and what Pokemon they have and what moves those Pokemon have, um, it, it becomes a little easier to come up with some strategy. Um, but man, it's, it is deceptively hard. It's like, oh, well, I'm just going to pick the ghost one first because I think I have some type advantage over that. And that, that one still kind of messes you up. <laughs> and then you're really unprepared for the next, for the next three guys. Um, I will say that is that is a little more helpful in helping you to uh, to just use the Elite Four to train. That's that's definitely something I remember doing the first time I played this game was just training on the Elite Four a lot. Uh, 
instead of going back into Victory Road and training there, I would yeah. just keep going to the Elite Four. I've already used all my money to buy full restores and revives, so losing doesn't lose me any money at that point. Right. But um, you could go in, you could use the type advantages on the one or two Elite Four members that you know you could beat, and then you'd probably lose to, to the next one. And, and But you just keep doing that as a war of attrition thing until you get leveled up enough to, to take them out. But... Yeah, I exit. Can you exit the Elite Four? Nope. No. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think so. Nope. Can't do that. They still won't let you to do let you do anything with that. But um, I, I don't know. It, it was a it was a nice kind of feature there to have to to be able to choose. I, I like that. It, yeah. It just it's it, a cool idea. Yeah. It, it makes you. It gives a little extra layer of strategy to something, even if it still ends up being hard. It it feels like a decision. The, the first Pokemon generation might have made of, you know, here is here's a choice that we're letting you make, but we as the designers have built this in a way that we kind of know, we know that you're going to have to go through all of it, but we give you the kind of illusion of choice and, and that makes you feel good about it. Yeah, yeah. And it just it kind of gives a little uh, switch it up a little bit, I guess, if you're going to be grinding on, on them post-game. All right, uh, we've been talking about Pokemon Black and White for uh, a good amount of time. Uh, I don't know if we've really <laughs> said a whole lot about it. Scratch the surface. Yeah, there's yeah, there's so much to this game, um, and and me not really enjoying it that much. I it's hard to it's hard to keep talking about it with the uh, with vigor. Um, so let's talk about something a little bit more exciting. Okay. Um, there are some new Pokemon games coming out uh, this year. In November, um, only yeah. months away, a few months away, but months away, um, we are getting Pokemon Sun and Moon. We've we know uh, a little bit about these games. Uh, we saw some stuff at E3 uh, this past month. We know that um, we've seen the starters that that I think people are generally pretty excited about. Yeah, uh, I like. Them. Some people don't seem to like the water one, Poplio, that much. Uh, I think that's unfair. I think he looks fine. <laughs> um, he, he, he will not be the one I choose as my starter. Yeah, yeah. It's not for me, but maybe for somebody. Yeah, I think that grass flying owl looks really awesome. So I'm looks gonna... really cool. That's probably the one I'm going with. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it is set in Hawaii or in a, a Hawaii facsimile. Hawaii. Yeah, and it looks good. I, I I think they've I think they've learned some stuff from Pokemon X and Y. Uh, obviously, from what you've said, you weren't a fan of those, but they they really did change, literally change the perspective of Pokemon uh, by <laughs> having having these three D models and this uh, a bit more of a dynamic camera in there. Um, and I, I think they've learned some lessons from that and are going to find ways to use it really well for these new games. Uh, we're getting a whole host of new Pokemon, uh, some of which we've seen. There was a there was actually a Pokemon event um, a few days ago, less less than a week ago, where, yeah. they, where they introduced a lot of other new Pokemon. Uh, sure, some new ones. Uh, names I am totally blanking on because I watched the Japanese trailer first that came out for, uh, came out uh, before the United States one did. The English uh, version. Yeah. Um, 
and then I did watch the rewatch the the English version that had the names and the and the types that I could read, but uh, I, I have kind of forgotten about it. But there are some really cool ones. There is uh, a really cool electric bug uh, family uh, that yeah. that looks awesome. I know uh, I talked about having Galvantula on my team for for black and white. That's also electric and bug, but uh, this one looks cool. Like it's a little. Like it starts out with like a little caterpie looking thing that's got these two big uh big pincer things on it. Yeah. And then it evolves into a a bread basket <laughs> or bread like a loaf like, of bread. It's it's like a uh a cocoona equivalent, I guess. Uh, yeah, like it's uh it it's it like it looks like a taser almost. Uh, it looks like a little bus or something. Yeah, right? yeah, it looks like a Totoro bus kind of thing. Only it's a bug Pokemon. Uh, and then the final version of it is uh, is like a Vic Viper spaceship looking thing, and it, it yeah. looks like it has like a rail gun on the front of its uh, like its pincers are in a are shaped in a way where it looks like it's gonna shoot out a big magnetic magnetic laser beam at you. Oh, that's so cool. Of like a Gundam or a yeah, or yeah. I uh, I hope I hope that thing gets good stats. I'm assuming it's probably one of the early Pokemon that they're not going to show you anything that's super late game. Yeah. Uh, other than the legendaries, which they've which are on the front of the box, so you already know what those are. But um, but yeah, the things they've shown so far, they've kind of shown you what the uh, what the Rattata um, equivalent is, uh, the uh, the Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> Mongoose. Mongoose, yeah, yeah. What is it called? It's it's uh, something Trump, goose. Trump goose. Yeah, basically. No, it's a young goose. <laughs> young goose, that's it. Actually, I'm on the website now, and it, it looks like there's a few more new ones. There's like a koala now, and like a little dog. I did see the koala. I have not seen a dog, though. Yeah, I mean, they're both... I feel like these Pokemon are all pretty good so far. Like, I like the woodpecker. Yeah, the woodpecker thing is cool. Uh, the one that I am not... Uh, there are a couple that I'm not on board with. I'm not on board with the normal dragon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... I think normal be- and dragon is a really cool combination of types that, that we haven't seen before. But yeah. that thing looks like it is high as fuck. <laughs> it's still, I mean... This will probably only be one stage. I, I would think so. But I'm still I'm liking it more than X and Y's dragon. The uh, gel, jelly, the, the gooey thing. one. Yeah, the, the gooey dragon was was not really my favorite either. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know Ga- if this is Gudra, an improvement though. Yeah, I like this thing more than Gudra at mm, least. I I don't know if I agree with you there. I think they're both pretty bad. <laughs> they're pretty bad, but uh, if I had to choose one, and then the uh, the psychic fish, I think. Yeah, that one has a cool ability. But yeah. it looks very creepy it looks, in a bad way. Yeah, it looks pretty bad. Um, but the there there are some really cool ones too. The the one that is the guardian of the island. Uh, yes, that one looks really cool. Koopa Lauau or something like that. I, I'm not. It looks like a, it has like a tiki face shield, and mm-hmm. then it like opens up, and there's a Pokemon inside. Yeah, and it's a uh, psychic and fire or fairy and fire. Uh, I don't remember. Electric and fairy. What? I thought yeah. it had fire in there. Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe you're right. I also feel like this this one has more like overtly of a setting. Like, yes, I totally agree. 
Uh, it, no it, other game has really ha- kept like such a theme, and it's like overworld and like having its Pokemon relate. To yes, the, they to all this. they all feel very tropical. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe I, I would also I would counter that with this is the first Pokemon game that has been in a very exotic location that that where this would really take hold. Uh, I feel like I feel like Japan has enough different seasons that you're going to get varied Pokemon just on the basis of you know that Japan has a lot of different places within it. And when you go to New York City, New York City has seasons. Like again, you're going to have I, I don't know I don't know if there're enough distinct things in New York City that you can build a whole roster of Pokemon, new Pokemon around it. Sure. Um, and, and X and Y is like French themed, I yep. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pokemon did feel like as more decorative in that, like they had a lot of bells and whistles and asym- asymmetry and things like that. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, I guess the argument is there. They, Ruby they, and yeah, Sapphire they had a lot of islands, and there, were, and I think there ended up in ended up being a lot of a uh, lot of water Pokemon based on that uh, in that generation. Uh, yeah. I mean, wasn't Ruby and Sapphire also supposed to be, like, somewhat tropical, though? Relatively, yeah. I, I think uh, I think that's southern Japan, I want to say. Yeah, there's like, yeah, I think there's, like, some islands down there. Or, yeah. Or just closer to the water. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, think, I think what we've seen so far looks really good. Um, there, there are a lot of things that make me excited for that. There are some things that I haven't seen that I'd like to like to hear more about. Uh, the the one thing that I've always loved in Pokemon, uh, in well in in two very specific Pokemon games, uh, Yellow and uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver, is when the Pokemon have been able to follow your character around. Yeah, uh, I, I've always thought that was a cool feature, and. It makes it makes sense to me that now that you have 3D models of all these Pokemon, that they can you can just make them follow the player, and you won't have to do any new sprites. Uh, I'm I'm incredibly amazed they did it in Heart Gold and Soul Silver because there are tons of sprites. Like you needed to not only have the sprites for the the combat animations and all that stuff. That's a bunch of sprites just to have all their their animations and and what they look like in general. So that's that's a bunch of animation and, and sprite work, and then you had the the mini sprites for what happened, what they look like when they show up in menus, and then you also had another sprite, another three sprites uh, for when they uh, they followed you around, and you had to have yeah. that for every single Pokemon. And not only did they have the two hundred and fifty one from Gold and Silver, but then they had a bunch of the extra ones because. Um, because that was technically Gen Four when the the remakes of those came out. Yeah, that's a lot but, of work. That's a lot, and especially there were pixels. I mean, at that point, it's yeah. not like they were they were just using like a computer wireframes or something. Yeah. I mean. So so with three D models, I would think that you would you'd be able to do something like that a little more easily. And I really yeah. I really want them to because I, I think that's a cool feature. I know they've they've shown some video where. They've had some Pokemon outside of their balls, outside of battle, um, but it might just be like a story cutscene kind of thing instead of a, 
instead of actually having them follow you. But, I don't know. Who knows? It could happen. They're keeping the clothes changing from X and Y. That's I cool. I, I enjoyed that, just to kind of make your character your own. That's that's nice. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's cool. It, it does give me a little bit of pause that Hawaii being uh, such an island culture that we might be seeing a ton of water Pokemon again. And it did look I, like there was a lot of water. I really hope they don't go in, go don't go overboard with the uh, the water uh, based HM moves, the hidden machines. Right. Uh, Maybe there will be some boats or something. Uh, let, let's hope there are a lot of fairies um, and not. I, I love surf. Surf's a great move. Yep. Uh, you teach it to all your water Pokemon because it's uh, such a fantastic move. Uh, waterfall is okay because it's it's a physical attack and not a special attack. So there's yep. some water Pokemon that take advantage of that more. And all the other water-based HM moves are garbage. Whirlpool, dive. Terrible. Uh, they're just, they're bad. They're, yeah. And it's fog. Uh, fog is probably your defog is probably yeah, nice. Uh, but uh, it's no, I, terrible. Yeah, they're, they're all just poor. They're poor moves, uh, and they they are not very usable. And if you have to have a Pokemon, uh, I know that we've we refer to them as, as HM bitches, but I'm I'm pretty sure they're pretty sure that's a general term, isn't it? Other people use <laughs> yeah. that term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have a, a Pokemon that is solely there for HMs. Um, and there are, it, when you get a bunch of these water ones, it feels like you can waste an entire Pokemon that just has all these different water-based moves that are very, very specific use cases and or, not or useful. Or like, one Pokemon can't learn all of them, so you have to have two. Right. Like, something can't learn, I don't know. I feel like I've ran into that where something couldn't learn, like, Waterfall... Right. And dive, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you give a you give one of them surf and waterfall and uh, whirlpool and dive, and then you still have another one that needs, like, defog and all that garbage. Like, it just, yeah. like, come on. I want, like, <laughs> the only ones you should ever need are cut, strength, and surf, and anything else is too much of a bother. Well, that's actually another reason I liked black and white. Uh, sorry, black and white. Um, I feel like you didn't really need an HM bitch. Like, I, di- I didn't even have fly for a long time just because I was, again, concerned about pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really use cut ever. I remember using strength in the, in the very beginning. But yeah, other than I, that, you don't I, really need him. Yeah, I think you use... I, I honestly can't remember using cut very often. Um, yeah. But yeah, strength is, is a couple of use cases and... Uh, even surf, you don't really need all that often. Um, right? Like it's, Can you hear the fireworks? Yeah, a little bit, but I've I've been hearing some on my my side too, so I think we're okay. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how what uh what those games are. Um, I I can't I don't know if I'll do a podcast on it uh, like we did with uh, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby. Um, those those games at least we had stuff to pull from the previous. Uh, the original incarnation of those games to, to talk about. So if, if these games are anything like these more modern Pokemon games where getting through the elite four is not the end of the game, uh, which I imagine it is like we're, we're in this place where, where Pokemon is more of a, a game you take a really deep dive in 
um, every generation, which which is good. I like guess for for a kid who who needs one game that can can take over their life for a while and and not have to worry about buying another game. These these are great for that for people like me who who want to try to play a lot of different games in a year. Um, yeah. it can be pretty tough. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. But uh, but yeah. All right, Ty. Uh, why don't you tell me uh, if we if you don't have anything more to say about black or white or uh, sun or moon? Uh, why don't you tell me where people can find you on the internet to to see more of your stuff? Um. Well, I have a bit more to say about black and white. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think to touch on a few of the more positive aspects. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should leave this on a more positive <laughs> note. Um. I wasn't completely bored with the story. Um, there was, they, they tried to speed things up a little bit by adding in that little red X in the thing where it completely closes you out of all menus and takes you right back into the overworld. Because yeah. Pokemon mm-hmm. can get a little menu heavy. Yeah, definitely. Um, you could store items. And I think this was the first game with like those field doctors where sometimes there'd be like, Little uh, little doctors that you would fight, and then they would heal your Pokemon. I don't know if it was the first time, but it was definitely the most pronounced of of any previous game. Um, yeah. But I also felt like this was the first generation where you really needed it. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's also true. And I think it has a uh, it goes back to the slowness that the the Pokemon that you find are around in the world, and even the trainers that you fight, the levels are are not very high, so you're not you're not gaining levels as fast as you used to be. So it's that, and um, and just like I said before, like everything just tries to wall you and slow you down. Like some of the gym leaders just would use double team over and over, oh and like God, even yes. random Pokemon would just use like endure, and you would be so close to killing them, but they would keep using like protect, and then you, they would use endure, and then yep. a lot of things would like flinch you, and it's just like. Everything took so long to fight. It's like, why am I spending five minutes fighting? I thought, I thought we were leaving on a more positive note, Ty. Uh, now you're just making just, me think uh, about things I hate about this game. I just had to contribute to the, to the slowness. I had to comment <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, I really did have a good time. There's tons of Pokemon. I mean, this is probably one of the only Pokemon games I'd go back and play again at some point. Uh, just because, like, there's a lot of cool ones I didn't get to use. And I had a lot of fun with the ones I did use. Like, I mean, like I said... Scrafty is totally cheap and can just punch through pretty much everything. And um, Sizem Toad or whatever is ground and water, and he's got a lot of good moves too, like punches and poison jabs and things like that. Earthquake. He's not your favorite uh, ground and water, but you like him. It's it's hard to say. I mean, he's he's pretty bulky, and I don't know. Swampert's great. Swampert is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh. See, okay, I'll, I'll I'll go along with you. I the thing I love about this game is the Pokemon. Uh, I think they did a yeah. a pretty solid job. The the Pan Pokemon, notwithstanding, uh, I think they did a pretty solid job across the board with with coming up with new Pokemon. And yeah, really, especially for one hundred and fifty. What is it? One hundred and fifty two new ones. Six. One hundred fifty six. One hundred fifty six. Yeah. So, and I mean, there's a good variety. Like I said, cool types. Mm-hmm. Some just like smart designs. Like there's that little hermit crab with a rock on yep. its back. That one's really cool. Uh, like a nice, a nice like callback to Paris, but still being yeah. still being a different thing. Um, yeah. And having a nice having a nice type thing. I know there is a bug and rock 
Uh, that's a shelder. No, shell. No, not shelder. Shell. Shuckle. Uh, yeah. Shucky. Shuckle. 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 Uh, which is garbage. Shuckle. Shuckle's awful. Uh, so it's yeah. it's nice that there is a better bug and rock. I Shuckle needs a mega evolution, <laughs> or, it needs or like a new evolved form or something. Um, <laughs> but yes, uh, back to my point. I, I think there are a lot of really good new Pokemon in this generation. And I like using them in the newer games because because those newer games are, in my opinion, better games. And they also have the stuff that, that black and white did. Like I'm I'm glad black and white are around as a generation. Like I'm glad they happened. I'm glad, uh, some of the, the more modern conveniences of them have continued into these newer Pokemon games. Um, but I don't think I will ever go back and play black and white after doing this again. Jeez. Uh, I, mean, um, I mean, I kind of will because I know that we'll end up doing a Pokemon black and white two podcast and yikes. goddamn, I'm going to have to play through Pokemon black and white two. That's where I, uh, that, yeah, I don't know if whatever, whatever they did right in black and white in black and white two, it kind of fell apart. I, I remember nothing about it. I, uh, I think that's partially because it wasn't as refreshing because that's when they mixed in i think all the pokemon i, I think it's more scientific-y like there's some sci-fi thing going on like the the uh the third legendary dragon uh the curim the the yeah. ice the ice dragon yeah uh, like the story i know the story revolves around him Yeah, it, it feels it feels very much like this was going to be our story for Pokemon Gray, but then we decided there's too much stuff in here, so let's just make it a sec a direct sequel. Yeah, maybe. Um, I couldn't tell you the reason why they did a sequel. Really, uh, I really have no idea. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's weird, and it's we haven't gotten we haven't gotten a third Pokemon game. In a while, like even, yeah, I guess I guess there was no Z. There was either. no Z. There was a Z in the cartoon. They talked was, about Pokemon X, Y, and Z as a cartoon anime movie stuff like that. It was Pokemon Z has been talked about by Nintendo, by the Pokemon Company, and yeah. yet there is no Pokemon Z game, and that is nuts. That is nuts. Wow. Yeah. I know. Weird, weird as hell that we never. But since I, I didn't beat X and Y, I couldn't tell you what what the point of that would be either. I, I, I don't know much about. I mean, it's all about it's all about Zygarde, that uh, the the final legendary ground and dragon thing. But even yeah. that, they've just carried over anything that that would have been special about him in Z. I, I'm I I'm sure. There were there were people in the Pokemon company that were coming up with different things to do with Zygarde for Pokemon Z that then that game got either scrapped or they decided oh you know what makes more money is a new Pokemon generation instead of a instead of a remake kind of one um, so they they ended up just putting that stuff in there because that's been in the marketing they've they've shown Zygarde and the different forms of it and the the different percentages of completion that it is like it's it's this weird sci-fi looking dragon thing yeah it's like a hexagonal geo dragon or something yeah but it's 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 got different 
it's got different power levels if you want to go the Dragon Ball Z route. Um, but even in uh, the, they showed some new forms in for the Sun and Moon. Yeah, no, it, it has that. It has like the the one percent or the ten percent form that's like this little blob, and then it goes into the dog, and then I think the 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 general form that we know it from the from X and Y is a uh, is only supposed to be like seventy five or eighty percent, and then the perfect form is is like this crazy looking. Uh, it almost looks like more like one of the uh, the Regis, the the Regis steel, Regis rock, Regis ice things, because it's a, yeah, yeah. a this bipedal looking thing. It doesn't even look like a dragon anymore. Um, so that's, is it still dragon type? Uh, I don't know. I don't think they've said. Um, so uh-huh. we'll see. Um, one of the one of the weird things to me, I, I'm going to take. Uh, I mean, this is going this is going much longer, and we're just going on tangents now, but that's fine. Um, have you watched, and I'm not going to blame you if you haven't, uh, in fact, I would blame you if you, if you have, (laughs) have you seen any of the, the new episodes of the Pokemon show? No. Um, so I came across one, um, because I had nothing going on and it was on TV and I was like, all right, cool. I guess I'll watch this. Um, yeah, sure. And there are two things that I noticed, and I think this is part of this Pokemon XYZ thing of the show, is is one uh, one of the main characters, like the Misty equivalent in in the show now, has has this Zygarde one percent, ten percent thing form, the, the little blob, and she just has it. It's it's very much like the way Misty had Togepi. Yeah, I was gonna way, say way before Gold and Silver came out. So, okay, it, yeah, it, it's weird that we're getting kind of a hint of what this thing is by watching, or kids are, whoever's watching the show, not not me or you, uh, except for that one time <laughs> for me, but not anymore. <laughs> and yeah, only that one time. Uh, <laughs> but it's weird that that thing's kind of out there in a very in a very public form. Of hey kids, like watch, watch this new Pokemon that we don't know anything about. Weeks and weeks and weeks, and uh-huh. now you're going to get to know about it in this upcoming game. And then the other thing is that uh, Ash has a Greninja, and the Greninja, or I guess in in the show he hasn't learned how to do Mega Evolution yet. Um, okay. Some other trainers have had have are able to do Mega Evolution. Uh, but Ash doesn't have the bracelet. He doesn't have the the Mega Stones or any anything like that. But because because this is anime and all you need is the power of friendship, um, Ash has such a special bond with his Greninja that Greninja basically does something that involves Mega Evolution or it looks like Mega Evolution. Even one of the the so on the episode I watched. Ash is fighting some trainer, and uh, he's about to lose. Like, he's got whoever... I forgot what he's facing, but he, he has the disadvantage. I think he's fighting something electric. And Greninja's getting his ass kicked. And then Greninja is just about to get destroyed, and Ash calls out in friendship to him, and 
at Greninja like goes kind of berserk and he his he gets like a red shuriken looking thing on the top of his head and he is now like in a perpetual water uh cyclone thing that like that takes up like the bottom half of his body is now just this rushing water swirl and then he just goes and absolutely crushes the 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 opposing Pokemon. And this other trainer sees it uh, and goes like, oh, shit, look at that. Like, I, that's that's interesting to me. And so then this guy fights Ash later, and you can, this guy has a Mega Evolution Pokemon. I forgot which one it is. It might be Lucario. Um, but he has a Mega Evolved Pokemon, and he uses it. And at that point, I don't know why the friendship isn't there or something like that, but, uh, but Greninja doesn't do his form and the guy gets really angry that Ash can't just turn on this, this new form for Greninja whenever he wants. And so he's kind of like trying to help Ash to, to get it out. Cause he wants to see it and know more about it. Yeah. And, and I mean, the episode ends cause it's, they want you to watch the next episode, but, um, it's, I mean, it looked like a Mega Evolved form of Greninja, uh, which would be a new thing. And it's definitely not something that's in the game uh, currently, right now, like in the in X and Y anyway. And you wonder is that is that going to be a Mega Evolution in another in the next game, or is there going to be another type of semi evolution that that certain Pokemon can go through? and that just—I mean—that that makes you speculate more about uh, about what you're going to get out of the, these this new generation. If if more things will get mega evolutions, um, I don't know if I've asked this before of you on the show, but uh, is there is there a Pokemon out there that you would like to see a mega evolution for that oh. doesn't already have one? Oh man! Yeah, uh-huh. I know. Putting you on the spot. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool. Scrafty got like a third form just because. I mean, it definitely does not need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to give it a third form would be interesting. Um, I mean, how about you? I'll, yeah, I'll for, think about some for more. Me, how about you? For me, it's I, I love Dragonite, uh, I, and I wish Dragonite would get like a, a more badass looking form. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think Dragonite has been. Uh, a Pokemon that has been like on the cusp of being super popular for for them, like they he's been. Um, it's I guess he's never gotten his own movie, but um, oh, but it was important. I yeah, guess. like Dragonite's shown up in uh, he was in the uh, the beginning of the anime uh, where I yeah. think or the, the the title sequence for it. I think they that's the way they show evolution right like the dratini like goes jumps in the water and now it's a dragonair and then it flies out of the water and it's a dragonite something like that yeah something like that. um and then he's such an important part of the very first pokemon game in that that's what the the dragon trainer lance he's got two of them yeah. and in, in uh, gold and silver uh lance is uh is a guy who like comes and fights with you at certain times and he uses a dragonite and Dragonite is important in the show. Like, I remember early, there was, like, a, a whole episode about a lighthouse that, yeah. that a Dragonite cared about. And the Dragonite was huge. 
Um, and it just, I don't know, it, it's always been a cool Pokemon. Even now, um, Pokemon, the, the Pokemon company, if you go on to uh, Pokemon.com or the Pokemon Center, uh, they've got those new pin sets out <clears throat> for, for different Pokemon that are there. And some of them are weird choices. Um, like, um, trying to think, like, there's a Zubat one. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't know Zubat was a popular enough Pokemon to get its own pin. Just in case you didn't get enough Zubats in the game. Yeah. I mean, I I think I still have my Zubat beanbag toy thing from KFC from a long time ago. I wanted the Dratini so bad. But uh, so did I. I never, mm. never got it. Me neither. I, I do have my Zubat, though. Um, but, the, uh, but there's a whole set for Dratini, Dragonair, and Dragonite. Uh, mm. It's like, wow, that so people... Like, that That's... A Pokemon they care about, but not enough to give a Mega Evolution to yet. Um, and it, I mean, uh, Salamence got one, and he, he was definitely better in battle than Dragonite, although not by much. Yeah, like Dra- Dragonite, I feel like is has been such a forgotten dragon at this point. Uh, there are yeah. so many other better dragons out there, uh, but I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Dragonite, and I I would like I would like to get to a point where I can use that again. Uh, and feel good about it. So that that's kind of my choice. And um, trying to think of other ones, but other ones I just like things that would immediately come to my mind or something like Scyther. And it's like, oh wait, but Scyther already has an evolution, and then that evolution does have a mega evolution. Oh right. Um, does uh, Obama Snow have a mega evolution? He does. Oh, okay. So I want. I believe that. I believe yes, he does. Maybe one of the fossils would be cool with a mega evolution, like a psychic water mega almanite or something. Or yeah, uh, I think Aerodactyl has a mega. Oh evolution. yeah, yeah, it does. But but yeah, like I I want to see like a Kabutops that has a bunch of extra blades on it. Like that would be <laughs> that would be cool. A mega nine tails. I mean, nine tails. Yeah, definitely. It's not great. It could be good. Like um, most of these seem to be from the first generation, uh, from what we've said. Like you did say, Scrafty. Uh, yeah, but uh, that's I guess those are the ones I remember the most. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean that that was our generation of Pokemon uh, for sure. And I, part of me wonders if if every if so I've kind of had this with James Bond, uh, where I got into James Bond because of uh, the Nintendo sixty four game, the of Goldeneye 007. Yeah. And then I watched the movies. So the movies that I watched were the Pierce Brosnan one because that was my generation of Bond. Like that's when that's the James Bond that I grew up with. So I like Pierce Brosnan. I know he's not the best Bond by far, but he always has a place in my heart. So even though I can go back and appreciate that Sean Connery's awesome, uh, that Roger Moore did a fine job, that Timothy Dalton was whatever. Um, but but I like Pierce Brosnan is kind of my bond, and it's it's only based on the time that I was uh, growing up. So it makes me think and wonder if if kids out there are feeling are treating Pokemon the same way, and I'm sure they are. I'm sure for somebody black and white were their very first Pokemon game, and that's the Pokemon game they liked the most because it was their first. Yeah, and for for us to have such vivid memories 
of the first generation of Pokemon and are able to talk about all of all the stuff that happened in that game. Like we could we can go here, we could talk about if we wanted to, uh, which we I mean I want to, but I also understand that we don't have the time yeah. for this. Nobody has time? time for this. I, got time. Uh, I mean nobody has time for this. <laughs> like we could go way into the first generation of Pokemon and we could talk about I, I bet between us we could name all 151 of the original Pokemon. Probably, I, yeah. I absolutely know that we could do all the cities, and I bet we could do all the cities in order that you'd have to that you talk about the the different uh, badges. I bet we could name the badges. Uh, yeah, yeah, but definitely. like there, we know like all of this knowledge is in our heads for the very first generation, and I would say a good portion of it is in there for the second generation. Um, I, I don't I don't think between us we could name the 251 Pokemon from that generation. I don't think we could name the eight uh, cities or the eight gym cities in in Gold and Silver. I, I, I know I can't. Um, yeah, I probably couldn't. No. And then it's it's very much, it is very much diminished returns from there. I can tell yeah. you very little about the third generation. I remember liking Diamond and Pearl a lot. And and I remember that I also got, I filled up the full Pokedex then. Uh, I know it got to 493, I want to say, was the, was the final tally of Pokemon there. And I think I got them all. I remember getting them all. I did get them all. <laughs> Caught them all. And, and then black and white came. And I, it might have been that I was so, that I had completed that fourth generation so fully that starting over from scratch was, was really hard to do. Even though you weren't yeah. completely starting from scratch because you could trade those, those Pokemon in, uh, it was still a hassle at that point. Like, you didn't have the Pokemon bank like you do now. Like, there are some... There's some really good modern conveniences that we've gotten out of Pokemon. But my point is, is somebody out there knows about black and white like we know about red and blue. Yeah. And part of that makes me feel good that Pokemon has been such a lasting brand. that, That people out there still feel that way about the new generation every single time it happens. Right. And then part of me also feels bad. Because I think there are better Pokemon games, and, and for- I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I really liked this game. I mean, you I did. If, but some, did you if like this was it? somebody's first Pokemon game, I'd be like, good. At least your first game wasn't like Ruby and Sapphire or something, <laughs> you know. And I like Ruby and Sapphire too. Yeah, Just, I, I mean, they're like we discussed. It has its problems. For for me, and I think for you too, there's not a Pokemon game out there, a mainline Pokemon game. Let's let's put that in there. A yeah. a mainline color slash precious metal Pokemon game that we don't like. Yeah, none of them are bad. I think just... yeah, to varying degrees of likeness. Uh, right, this one right. just happens to be on the lower end for me. Um, but. But yeah, I don't. I don't hate any of these games. There are things no. that frustrate me about some of these games, but it's still at the end of the day, it's still Pokemon. It still has a special place in my heart, and I'm going to keep loving this series, kind of no matter what. Yeah. Um, and and the 
the great thing about Pokemon is also the worst thing about Pokemon is that as much as it changes, it doesn't really change. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of great because I know what I'm going to get and I know that I love this and I know that they're not going to screw it up. Yeah, I mean, you you get a Pokemon game and you know you know what's what you're getting. Right. You know what you're signing up for. Um, that's good. I mean, and it'd be nice if they kind of expanded on some of their ideas, but, you know, these are games for kids, ultimately. These are games to play on the go, ultimately. And they do a good job at it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, it's a game that I'm... I know that when Sun and Moon comes out, I'm, I'm definitely going to put at least 100 hours into it. Yeah, I'm already sold on Sun and Moon, I yeah. guess I should say. Yeah. Like, oh, when X and Y came out, I was like, meh, I'm going to hold off. Even for Black and White, I didn't buy it for at least six to eight months after it came out. Um, but, yeah, the new ones I'm, I'm already sold on. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I, I, I know I'll be buying them. I know I'll be putting a ton of time into them because it's a Pokemon game, and that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. All right. I feel like that is is a more positive <laughs> note to, to end on for this. Yeah. So, uh, so Ty, if you want to tell yeah, us, if you want to plug that. anything, feel free to do so here. Really. <laughs> okay, that's not a problem. It's not a problem at all. Um, but for Gamers on the Go, you can go to GamersOnTheGo.com. That's where we put most of our content, uh, all of our content, really. Um, podcasts will be there. You can also go onto iTunes and search for Gamers on the Go uh, and find the podcast there. Uh, but the the uh, URL has uh, not only the the episodes in there, but it has some some different writing that I do. Uh, I'm, I'm Working on getting some some guests to maybe do uh, some guest contributions, uh, guest blog posts. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I can convince Ty to write one here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Give me a subject. Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that, and maybe we'll uh, get some more content on there. Uh, I know that I uh, previously had written one about the worst number in JRPGs, uh, which is nine 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 nine. Yeah, it depends on which end you're on. The receiving end, it's <laughs> yeah. not great. Um, uh, I, I like that every time I've said that to to a room a room with people in it, uh, everyone laughs, and I, I imagine people laugh for some different reasons. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like it. I, I mean, everyone has their own game that they can think of that uses that number. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I, I just wrote about why I think that number is really lazy and how I think some of the game design that comes out of it is is pretty bland uh, because you just end up putting 999 on it instead of um, instead of actually uh, catering towards... Uh, instead of actually balancing your game in a, in a way that makes it work, you just throw a cap on the damage and then and then you can call it a day. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it especially sucks when then they when they go right back. It, it it feels very much like the Pokemon Black and White conversation of they they make a decision and then they roll back on that decision uh, immediately <laughs> because I in yeah. most of these games where they cap that damage, there are ways to uncap the damage for certain things, um, yeah, like like Bravely Bravely Default and Bravely Second. Uh, were the were the games that really inspired me to write this post? But it's something that has happened in 
Final Fantasy games especially. And oh, yeah, games, definitely. And, and other games for sure uh, throughout the years. So, I don't know, something, something to read if you want to. Um, I've also written about um, other games that that might not work for a full show. Like I wrote about the history of Picross or Picross. Um, Cause those games, as fun as they are, and as, as much as I like them, they aren't really something that uh, lend themselves to a podcast uh, like this one that ends up being hours long. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you and I could spend two hours talking about Picross. Uh, no, 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 no. we'd have to get way off subject. Probably. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so so go to those things, uh, gamersonthego.com. That'll that's where you can find all that good content. So, uh, yeah, Pokemon Black and White. Uh, they're games. With they're games. Um, I guess we had very black and white. Oh shit! You've been uh, you've been holding on to that one the whole show. I can tell. Yeah, it was in the pocket. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I think they're good. I think they're fun. Um, I will agree that they're slow, and if a lot of the post game stuff is slow. Like the battle subway, I actually put some time into, um, which is like you fight until you lose. Yeah, and uh, it just it got so cheap. It oh, got I so bet. cheap so fast. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like these games are slightly more tweaked toward the competitive scene, or at least what a what would be what a competitive fight would look like with a lot of weather and a lot of like held items and healing items and aqua ring and protect and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's so. possible. Um, if if you really want to get into some more of that stuff, I would suggest that you go back and listen to the Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire conversation. I had uh, with um, with Marcel Huang, uh, where we we dig really deep into more of the meta game of Pokemon and how it's, uh, it, pardon the pun, how it's evolved over the the series life. Yeah, because um, yeah, there there are some some interesting things where you go from the the first generation and like what's like you think about this more like a fighting game where you get into tier lists and what yeah. what Pokemon are objectively better than other Pokemon. Right. Uh, which is, is not something you usually think about um, when, or, well, if you're like me, who's just playing through Pokemon game to catch them all and get all the badges and all that stuff. Um, to think about them in a more competitive way uh, was really fascinating. That was a, that was a cool conversation. Yeah, and it's, it's fun if you've never done it, to train your Pokemon to be speedier or to hit harder. Is it? And it it's it's somewhat fun. <laughs> okay, that's a conversation for another time. In fact, I think it's a conversation we've had before. Is all this EV IV training garbage yeah, stuff yeah. Uh, that I think is a load of crap. Um, it's it's an interesting way. I mean, it's it's making a, a kids game again somewhat deeper than it normally is when you just you know plug it in and play it. Right. Maybe deeper than it needs to be, but it's still fun. It's it's very time consuming. And definitely, you have to breed and get all these certain things before you can even start training them. And I and I think Pokemon already has so much in it that is a time sink. That to make one element of it even more of a time sink is crazy. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, I know that's that's something that people do, and more power to them, I suppose. All right. Uh, well, Ty, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, we'll yeah. be back with another show here uh, eventually. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be on quite yet. I've got a couple ideas and a couple people contacted. 
Um, but we'll uh, we'll see. We'll definitely we'll definitely have some more more uh, shows here for you. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, thanks for having me. Always love being on. Absolutely. We'll we'll have you on again. Uh, All right. Great. Hopefully, hopefully before Black and White Two, we'll have you on. <laughs> hopefully before the next next uh, Pokemon. Yeah. Foray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or maybe for it. <laughs> all right thanks ty and thank you all for listening and i'll see you guys soon hey,